0: This episode of the jiu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And today, we are breaking down the uh, incredible performances at uh, last night's UFC 253. Um, Israel Adesanya retaining his title, Uh, Jan Blaskowicz becoming the new Light heavyweight champ in the in the wake of John Jones moving up to heavyweight, defeating Dominic Reyes and uh, the new uh, new superstar made overnight, Brandon Royval, a man who's been putting in the work, but just that performance really, really just launched him into a different stratosphere for a lot of people. It was an incredible on the feet show and that f- finished with an, a, a phenomenal guillotine choke secured like uh, not even a minute into the second round um yeah just like overall what do you think of the card kev i mean it was a great card
1: uh i'm not gonna lie the first fight was boring me to tears it was i was literally watching two guys it was thinking about them on a uh on a main card and fighting their way to get up to a main card and putting on display like that it just seemed like neither one of them wanted to win the fight but after that it all got better again i mean the second fight with the two girls was a good fight they um that that one the one girl that was a, an ex Lloyd irving uh black belt yeah she um you know she, this was her second event she was on the last show that Billy's was on so this was her second event in, two, event in two months which you see dana white doing a lot i wonder if that's a we can get back to that in a minute i wonder if that has to do with the, the fact that there's just not as many bodies out there for covid but um, you know, she did take a lot of damage in her last fight. She came back out and fought again the night against the the girl from Brazil, and it was a it was a nice fight, a really good fight. Those two chicks put it on the line, man. They they really they really came to get it, and they just got better and better. You know, obviously the Reyes fight was a was a barn burner, and then the last three fights were amazing.
0: Yeah, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Reyes real quick because he we i was a a guest on the the grappling hour podcast shout out to mr Rafa Sparza for having me on and making fun of my camera setup the entire time (laughs) uh we we uh beforehand we he did some polling of his his fans on instagram as to like who was going to take this this victory and overwhelming favorite was reyes coming in i think after that performance against john jones the first man to really make john look human in his entire ufc career we're thinking we're gonna get that same that same level of uh competitor but he looked a lot he looked a lot more uh hesitant this time around like what 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 did you think well,
1: I mean, I it's funny. I was watching the fight with Matt Arroyo last night, and uh, we were talking about it. And I hadn't given much thought to the what was his name, the Polish guy for uh, the new the new which champ, Jan. Jan. Yeah, right. I, I I didn't give him much thought. I know he knocked out a few people in his past, but like, to, he, he had, he's yeah.
0: coming off of a win against uh, former champion Luke
1: Rockhold. Right, exactly. leveled level, level oh, Luke Rockhold with that, that, that big left hand. Yeah. Um, the the idea is is that you know. Power is a huge deterrent. You know, when you when you have knockout power, we could talk about that again in the fight with uh with Izzy and Costa. Um, when you have that much power and you have that much knockout ability, it gets inside of your head and starts to alter your game plan. And then once you are altering your game plan, you're falling into line of the power puncher because that's what they want. You know, what Jan did so well and what he does, you know, so I mean yeah, you could say he's only got one punch. I mean, but that left lead kick of the body you saw
0: the big welt on the body of uh
1: of reyes throughout the fight and he kind of yeah his side
0: his side looked like he had like an infection almost like and it just but it was just blunt force which is well when you're when you're
1: fighting when you're fighting from an unorthodox style the whole game plan is to beat the lead foot so if i'm standing you know when you're standing right-handed left-handed fighter both lead feet are are pointing to one another on the same side so your goal was to start to beat that lead foot so he's throwing all of those strikes from the lead the lead kick to the side he'd like to paw with the jab all of those things are intent to move your opponent into your power hand uh you know uh, conor mcgregor does it really well he throws spinning kicks he throws lead kicks he paws with the jab all things that move your opponent in the power lane of your power punch And jan does it really really well he does it so well that it looks like he's not trying to do it and you know he looks like he's not looks like when you watch Jan fight he looks boring he looks flat-footed he just looks like this boring little fighter that's plodding forward but the whole time he's very good at getting people to walk into that power lane once you walk into the power lane that big left hand it slides out it only takes one
0: i i think that uh... Going back to Reyes real quick, a lot of people were expecting like in his fight against Jones, he was headhunting from yeah, from the moment the bell rang. Like he was exploding in those early rounds, and maybe he he lost it towards the end. Like I this was his first time really being tested against that type of champion. And looking at the that first round against against this this fight. He seemed a lot. I, I assumed that his hesitation was coming from. I know that I can get to those late rounds. I want to be uh, reserved. I want to make sure I can explode later when I have to. But I felt like he. It, it might be something more than that. Like he. He almost seemed stalled when when you really know, confronted with the combinations.
1: When when you when you watch a fight, I mean, you can game plan for fighting a power puncher all you want. You can game plan for fighting someone that has a skill set of Conor McGregor, has a skill set of Dementius Johnson, or all these other people that, that you can think about that fight that have heavy hands, that, that like to stand up and all the other things they used to do. But the reality of it is is you don't really understand what you're up against until you're in the cage against that person. Like I don't care how many times you can game plan against someone with the same power, same left hand, the same abilities as Jan. It's not the same as Jan because if it was, they would be fighting for the title. So when you get into the cage and you start to see a couple of Jan's lead kicks and you just see that straight left hand coming like a freaking like a missile straight to your face with all the power of a jackhammer that he puts behind it, even though it's not connecting, the punches are coming and. Spurring your 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 thoughts of oh my god this is this is horrible horrible this could come by and, and kill me even if it hits your hands it punches you in the shoulder and you saw Jan throwing that left hand at Cecily throwing it all day long which got inside of Reyes' head left him back on his back feet left him not willing to 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 exchange and again maybe part of it was he was hoping that Jan would get tired but he didn't have a chance
0: to because he 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 touched him and that was it I think that's a good point to. To, to ask you something I've wanted to ask you for a while. And that's that I think for a lot of the fights on this card, leg kicks really played a big role. Uh, they played a role in like the, I think the first decision on the card and subsequently in the championship round, Costa's leg was just getting beat up as someone trans that who found MMA from boxing. How hard was it to translate or to, to adapt to the kicks, man, uh, it's, <laughs> It's it's a funny question you
1: say that because immediately I think about the first time I ever sparred MMA after being you know I was I was a pretty good boxer I got a pretty pretty substantial boxing background I sparred a lot a bunch of good a lot of really good guys you know yeah. so I had that mindset and I can remember in the early days of MMA because they were still in my time when I first started coming up the MMA was like the, the reason why I didn't really pursue MMA. As much when I was really in the prime of my 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 fighting career, was because MMA was always like, ah, "What is this shit? Like, this ain't boxing. It's this is fighting. Yeah, and, and and even the idea of their striking in general hadn't really developed quite to that point yet. You still had guys that were you're either an MMA, you're either a striker, you're a wrestler. So what you saw was a lot of like shitty variations of striking, and in particular when I saw guys that would throw leg kicks. In my mind, I'm thinking it's Fuck a fucking leg. You're kicking me in the leg. I was like, whatever. Go ahead, kick me in the leg. I'm gonna come by and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crush you. Like got to screw leg kicks until I started sparring. And then you get caught with a couple of them leg kicks. And I will tell you, man, like it takes your game completely sideways. You, you, you screws your mobility up. First of all, it hurts. And that's the 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 greatness of someone when you talk about a guy like John Jones. John Jones isn't necessarily the type of guy that's going to knock you out with every strike he throws, but every time you come close to him, he touches you, it hurts. He hits you with that pointy elbow, it hurts. He hits you with the knee, kicks you on top of the leg. He catches you with leg kicks. They hurt. They deter your strategic approach because it hurts now. When you come into throw a combination, that hurts. So when you're boxing and you're a big boxer and you're used to putting that lead weight on the that weight on the league leg and you're using that as your big strategic, you know, your big advantage of those power punches when you're moving forward and you get caught with them leg kicks, it hurts. Eventually it's going to screw up your mobility because you're not going to be able to move off of it much, but it hurts. And then you don't want to do it anymore because you remember in the back of your mind, the last time they came in, I got clipped with that leg kick. And then you forget about the leg kick that guys come high. Like Izzy did with the question mark kicks.
0: I think a great, I, whenever I think I see uh, leg kicks being utilized incredibly well, I, I always go back to this Pat Barry interview I saw a while ago, former UFC fighter, you know, thug, uh, thug Rose, Nami Yunez uh, husband and coach. He came from like a kickboxing Muay Thai background. Uh, it's kickboxing. I'm not, not, uh, not super Muay Thai. And uh, he, he said in his first three fights, he won the fights with like only leg kicks. So he was yeah. like within three fights. He said he threw like eight kicks and everyone always just gave up. He's like, three fights eight kicks more money than I've ever made in my entire life <laughs> just- well you know
1: they the there's a nerve that runs down the back of your hamstring and I don't know what nerve it is but there's a nerve that does that and and, and when they've actually when they teach police officers to use, their extendable, uh, retractable telescope batons. batons. Yeah. They they teach them. You put the baton over your shoulder and you swing down to aim for that hamstring on the back of your leg. Because when you make contact with the hamstring, it's debilitating. Like there are guys if, that are good with leg kicks that will crack you in the back of that leg, and your whole body just shuts down. It's 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 a it's a marvel of modern biometrics or biomechanics.
0: Me- mechanics. Like <laughs> <laughs> I. Yeah, no. The, the the leg kicks just sc- the first time I ever got like kicked in the leg, it wasn't even serious. I was uh pounding around with like a, a buddy of mine who's like a Muay Thai guy. And he's always like, "You know, I'm I'm scared of you jiu-jitsu guys." And so I'm like, "No, oh, relax. I'll go I'll go easy on you." And then he like tapped my leg and I'm yeah. like, "I give up." does it take I didn't much? like that. I didn't like that at all. That's like take much. Those guys, they 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 kick heavy bags all
1: day long, and then their shin bones get dense. And that, that bone, like it's it's it happens physiologically. The bones, when you can make contact, that's why guys can break through bricks. Their hands and the bone density increases in, in correspondence to the to the to the striking and the, and the uh, blunt force.
0: Okay, moving on from kicks, yes. there was yes. an incredible submission. This is a Jiu-Jitsu podcast, and we would be right. remiss if we did right. not. Talk comment on what I believe is the fight of the night and the submission of the night. The Definitely submission one, of the night. The only one on the on the card, I believe, and that would be Brandon Royval's uh, standing guillotine or like jumping guillotine against Kai Car France. Uh, holy crap! Like for for one, for 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 those who might not be aware, and I think you're a great uh, person to talk to about this. He went to. He did two submissions that are notoriously difficult for uh, MMA, specifically because of how sweaty you're getting. He attempted a, a, a an omoplata in round one, and then he guillotines. You see them a lot, but normally they're from you know the guard position or there's a transition. He jumped into that guillotine and he was able to reposition, even though there was starting to be some sweat buildup. How much more challenging is it to lock up submissions, uh, in no, not just no gi, but like on a shirtless opponent, like uh, who's the, when you're already starting to get a sweat worked up?
1: Yeah, I mean it's incredibly difficult. We we had really Degado on the podcast one of the times when you when you were out, and I interviewed him. we talked a lot about guillotines in in MMA fights, and he tells me he says I don't even tell my fight, I tell my fighters not to do guillotines, just pretend like they don't exist, and the reason being is because he's seen. More fights lost and more rounds of MMA lost by guys going back to try to attempt to finish a guillotine than having people sweat out and not being able to get their hips underneath them close enough to be able to get the right to work on the on, on the submission and pop out and then you lose a round because someone's now on top of you in a position where you could have continued dominating from from your feet to win to win the round. Um, like guillotines are tough. Especially like, especially when you're dealing with that arm-in guillotine, just because there's a lot more space. You know, when you have just the head in there, you can kind of crimp down on the head and, and work from that position. But it's also harder to get to that with with big glo- with the big gloves on. You can't really uh-huh. get your grips in right with those big gloves on. They get a good torque for for a, for a non-arm-in guillotine. But you know, if it works, it works. He went for it. Um, fam- he went for it earlier in the, in the end of the second round, I think it was. Uh, yeah. And he he had a weird kind of arm across Guillotine that he almost finished, but you could tell just by watching it that he was that he is, you know, adamantly uh, uh, confident in his in his jujitsu and, and 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 doesn't care about you know, hello, high water, he's gonna finish, he's gonna finish. And guys that are good with guillotines, guys that are good with arming guillotines, like they are that's their thing. Like there's dudes out there that like that's kind of their thing. And it looks to me that like him finishing that guillotine is kind of interesting. Dustin Poirier almost finished Khabib with a very similar guillotine when he was in a match with him. So
0: the, the most incredible thing to about this submission for me was that uh, France was in the process of slipping out, you know, yeah. because the, his feet at this point on the body, are, it's pretty low. It, you want to be a lot higher to finish that choke. You want to be... Uh, like really pinching your knees together and he was able to disengage his legs and then reposition them higher up to yeah. really get the the finish on the choke. That is, that is where a, you see a lot of transitions happen where people feel that there's right. room for them to move now. Right and so i can i can try and escape this but he was so quick with the readjustment that
1: yeah uh, he was he was in danger right now like he's starting to kind of get choked right now he knows he's in trouble and you got to remember too not only is this just a dangerous submission this is also a dangerous submission halfway through round three we were already tired, exasperating, fighting for your breath, and now you find yourself Oh, this was round submission. two. This well, was uh
0: this was into round two, yeah. I
1: see yeah, anyway, but still the same, same scenario. You know, you you fought you fought super hard, you're tired, and all of a sudden, oh no, I got caught in this submission. I have to figure out how to get out of it with all the 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 you know the being on a big stage and all other things to to kind of outside uh stimulus to get you to get your heart rate up. But you can look at this guillotine. One of the one of the, the, the aspects of an arming guillotine that make this very difficult to get out of, particularly when guys are good at arming guillotines, is, left, is the fact there's a couple things you look at. First of all, look at his shoulder up over the top of the back of his opponent's neck. So the biggest mistake that people make when they're going for guillotines is they try to sit back. To pull through that gear. You know, it's kind of the old school way. You grab yeah. the head and you sit back into it. In reality, you want to crimp down to put the pressure on the other side of the artery. So there's, there's two ways to crimp an artery when you talk about cutting the blood flow off. You can grab the hose. You can squeeze the hose, right, which is mm-hmm. going to be direct pressure. Or you can crimp the hose. Like you're crimping a garden hose, like crimping the artery, like you're crimping a garden hose to get the blood flow off. So in order to get that, you know, you can see the direct pressure with his bicep on the right side. He has to start to crimp the neck on the opposite side to get the blood flow off on the opposite side because it's an arm in. So as he's putting his elbow into his hip pocket, that crimp is already starting to happen. And then when he went down to the ground again, he put his legs up higher. When he put his legs up higher to get more torque on top, it it allowed him to get more torque on that neck.
0: I I think also it, it should be noted that he was able to maintain complete control, oh yeah, even as he was falling, you know hitting yeah. uh, hitting the canvas is, is especially when holding on to a slippery opponent, a lot of things can just get lost in translation there, but he was completely on the neck. he knew he had it, he had faith that he had it. and the number of guillotines I've seen completed versus number yeah. of heads that have popped out just based on how like, on how hard it is to really get that grip, I think about how much I rely on. I, I do mainly ghee, and I think about all the friction that that allows me. You know, so right. when I'm doing guillotines, I'm having a like like really coarse fabric at every point that you can stick to people. You can even grab the belt, you can grab the back, you can grab other things. You're you're able to really just maintain control, and I have full range of motion with my hands. I can slip in easier. Like, this is a choke that is, especially with how much more aware of jujitsu and the ground game the the fighters of MMA have had to become since, like, the beginning when you could get away with just not really engaging there. It's a tough choke.
1: Yeah. Yeah i would be willing to guarantee if you talk to his training partners you talk to people that are aware of his game that they would tell you straight out yeah that's his that's kind of his He's because there are dudes out there that are guillotine guys matt arroyo my head instructor is a guillotine guy he's got one of the best guillotines in the world and when you live and die by that guillotine you learn how to execute it at the utmost you know, technical ability, partially because you realize that when you go for a guillotine, you are giving up strategical the strategical advantage of having the top position the same way when you sit back for a triangle. So you know when you sit back, it's do or die. I have to finish this technique. So they got it dialed into the point where they realize it's worth that worth that uh,
0: gamble. Yeah, they like unlike a lot of other chokes where if you you fail to get it, like an omoplata Plata, if you fail to get that, it's normally because they rolled and you're now you're up. Like you right. can go to side control, there's a lot of transitions. If you, you don't get the right. Yeah. If you don't get the triangle from bottom, you can maybe transition to an arm bar or something right. else guillotine if you just don't get it then you're, that means they're just now in your guard and you gotta go on you're, you you right. gotta go do something completely different you know or, or, now they're they're good gonna
1: try pay. or if they're good enough they're they pass through your guard while you have the guillotine which is what you see even more i think than, than guys. oh yeah
0: like kill the leg hop over yeah. to the, the right. they're uh, quick the enough to recognize side. you're sitting yeah.
1: back and beat that opposite side leg and start to turn the corner and then go to the side
0: yeah he actually what's funny is that by the end of this choke he had locked in a body triangle to yeah. to secure it which
1: is right his he, you know we talked about this when we were watching the fight i think he's 5 9 and 125 pounds that's just a you know a ridiculously athletic specimen for that for that weight class so he's used to gonna he's used to being that longer lengthier kind of more agile type fighter so the ability to be able to wrap a body triangle up against the guy that's another dude that's also 125 pounds that's that's all things in his wheelhouse of uh of of specialties he can work on
0: what uh, what other fights do you think there are for Brandon after this at 125? Because you this know, is, man, this this got everyone's attention. So you he's know, got one, a lot of asking
1: 125. Ability. You know, I I I don't know. I I watched the fight. I still think that his stand up needs a little work. He didn't look very sharp with his punches. His punches didn't look very crisp. I know he was winning some of the exchanges, but I don't know that this that his opponent was really is 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 on the same par with him. I think he was just kind of maybe a little bit outclassed in general. Um that being said, I mean 125 isn't really that deep of a of a talent pool. That's the reason why 125 fighters, we, we always tell people to get to the you want to get to the UFC, be a heavyweight, be a girl, be 125 pounds, because that's the easiest route to get there. Um it's just facts. You know, I'm not trying not trying to to belittle them or say anything less about them, it's just that there's not as many 125 pound men running around to be able to go compete at that weight class. You know, you've got Um, uh, you've got the current champ, uh, I forget his name, the the guy who just beat Benavides. but um, at 125, there's not a whole ton of, of there's not a whole ton of options out there for him to go up, but I'm sure they'll find him some top tier fighters. I'm sure they'll find him some ranked guys to go out there and go after him. Maybe we'll get Hudo back.
0: Oh man. You know, that would, I, I don't know. Uh, he's got a good guillotine. I don't know if it's good enough. Nah. <laughs>
1: but He's earned the right to get paid is the point. You know, he went out there and put on a performance at the highest levels on a main event card, not even the the opening fight of a mini like the second fight of a pay-per-view main event card. So like he is definitely, definitely earned the right to go out there and, and get paid big money for his next event with a big top tier, uh, top tier opponent
0: well i think that would be a good point to to go back and and start talking a little bit more about uh jan and dominic right. their uh their co-main event incredible performance from jan i i think he he barely looked damaged by the end of the fight i think his nose was a little a little wonky wonk but it it already was kind of and, he, and there was a there was a, a moment on the show last night where i think it was adam the other guy that was um uh, another podcast host by the way go go check him out i'll link him down below but he mentioned like no one's gonna say that was a late stoppage right no no way right
1: like like because a lot of people when we watched it one of the guys i was sitting with said before we watched it had the benefit of the replay that it was a bit of an early stoppage. And in my mind I was thinking it could have been, but when you watch that stoppage is a classic example of an accumulation of damage leading up to the immediate we have to stop this thing right now. I mean his his nose was plastered on the side of his face and he took a super super he took a he took an accumulation of pretty Severe, heavy blows leading to the knockdown. Then took the couple solid with Jan standing right over the top of I him. Mean, these are big, powerful guys. I mean these these guys are weighing
0: two twenty five, two thirty on fight night. So Jan looks like a heavyweight.
1: Yeah, he he, does.
0: he just he looks like he could, like he the, the hit, way he can, moves. He can, yeah. It looks like he like he's just like a tank. Jan Blaskowitz sounds like the joke name you give to <laughs> the biggest tank that you have <laughs> yeah, in the military. Right. Just like, some
1: some super tough eastern european
0: guy yeah you know, you like, know what i mean it grew up like mom goulash and jan blaskowitz is the name of the tank that rolled over the berlin wall like right. that's exactly. i i'm convinced exactly. that that's yeah. no but he he looked so smooth i but the the big question that we were talking about is what what's next for light heavyweights you know yes. like what what is what does he do now you know yeah, i like, mean
1: they have to that's
0: not that's so that's not on jan's plate that's on oh Sammy yeah i'm not like right he's he was he looked incredible and there's, the there's talent him.
1: there's talent out there i see a world where maybe Costa moves up to light heavyweight i could see that happening in the future he's i'm sure that cut down for him to get to uh to what what is he welterweight or uh what is it yeah welterweight is a, is a tough it's a tough cut for him i feel like that's something that we could talk about in the future to see him maybe move up to light heavyweight but um you know as far as uh as far you know maybe izzy Popping his head up to light heavyweight eventually. He's going to, he's, I don't see anyone. Was, uh, yeah.
0: It was middleweight.
1: Yeah, middleweight. Exactly. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm today. I can't see anyone in the middleweight division that, that could give Izzy a, a challenge. There's nobody out there. To see. Maybe well, that,
0: that Russian dude that just knocked out his buddy. That was a thing that I thought was at, also no. I don't, <laughs> right. I, I, maybe, but Israel is, a, he's kind of just, he's the guy. Yeah, You know, he's yeah. the guy for right now, and that means it's going to be tough to imagine anyone giving him a real shot in his own weight class. Yeah. I think no one – like this is not the popular thing to say, but there, the biggest fight that was being made before Jones moved up to heavyweight and vacated was – trying to see if we can make a double champ somewhere like Israel right. going up to to him, Jones going down to meet him. Like that fight there was a lot of really solid back and forth between the two. I if Israel just decapitates Jones, that means he he, he immediately becomes my favorite fighter in the history of forever. <laughs> and I I think that that's like you know, undefeated MMA fighter who's currently just lighting the world on fire next to the the goat. You know, like the the Anderson Silva GSP match we never got. <laughs> right. I I think that that match maybe like before he moves up, he, he has one last fight at light heavy, not for a title or for the title. No, 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 not for the title. It's just him and Israel doing it for because you know let's just have a fight. Let's make a new BMF belt and give it to them. You know. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know. There's there's still there's still some there's still some. Uh... Some solid names out there. You got Johnny Walker out there. Still, I mean, he he. he they, there's guys out there that are still viable, viable. You know, Diego Santos, Glover still around. I mean, there's guys out there that are that are still legitimate athletes to come after that light heavyweight. Spot
0: well, I was John. I was also thinking because you know because John isn't in that position anymore. Maybe we make the make we make Jan and Israel uh happened yeah but-
1: i don't i that that's a possibility but that's that Jan's gonna have to fight a few more fights i think before they get that fight to izzy i don't know i don't I don't know in in today's climate believe me i'm sure that dana white is looking to crown another superstar t- to hitch his wagon to and izzy after that dominant after his dominant performance against costa is definitely you know ripe for that you know double uh double double title belt double uh double weight class belt
0: double champ uh, champ
1: double champ champ exactly
0: i i think we've kind of moved out of that super fight era like i think having connor and amanda and dc it, it sort of was like okay we're done for right now like we don't need for there to be a billion champ champs yeah
1: i don't i don't you know i don't that's cool.
0: I, it's not that big of a deal.
1: I, I like that, but I would still, I still want to see guys. I, I don't know. I guess Mayweather did it too. They just move up the ranks. They fight heavier fights. Why do you go back down to the lower weight class now? You're already up there. You just put that belt. You hold on to it. But the problem is, is just because you move Izzy up to. To, to light heavyweight now you've got a gap at welterweight now who's going to be the welterweight
0: champion you follow him I'm talking about that whole train of thought everyone so, moves up one there's just gonna there's always going to be a gap that needs to be filled i get that because right, none but, no one defend like very few do, like actually defend both right and like, think the, the only one actively doing that is like amanda
1: so now and, you're in a situation similar to you had when when um you know, right now with Khabib, you know, because Khabib can't fight or say Connor, when Connor was a double was a double champ, right? So now he you just have Conor. hold up the division. Right. He's yeah. just holding up the division. So you, yeah, you have an interim champion, or even if that interim champion becomes champion, Connor can still tweet, You're not really the champ because you didn't beat me, type shit. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it leaves holes and it leaves you it takes away from from someone else's ability to really say, Yeah, I'm a viable champ. So you're losing the opportunity for another person. To be a superstar, like the UFC cares too much about building these superstars. I I would rather them see them just be cool with the fact that this is the champ. He's the guy we're gonna allow him to have his due.
0: All right, I think that's a good point to to transition to the main event. Yes, because a great fight. Israel well. Adesanya, Paulo Costa. What a performance from Israel! I I, I Paulo looked good, but Israel just looked like outclassed outclassed him in every single regard, you know, and we're we're witnessing one of the greats We're we're witnessing the, the, the legacy being built for one of those guys. That's going to be up there with Anderson It's going to be up there with GSP, with Jones, with fucking Matt Hughes, like (laughs) Fedor. Just like those those true true greats, I, yeah. I that is what I believe. He still I he still has to beat
1: someone on who's that left. Tier. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, the, but the the problem again with with Izzy is this is that you know he doesn't really have his Frazier. You know I'm talking? He doesn't have a Joe Frazier. Like you know you know when I say I, that it's like I'm Muhammad Ali. There's not really that. I, I think, guess you could argue that Costa could have been, but there's not really that overwhelming presence in the division that says this is the guy that really pushes and challenges. There's nobody out there that challenges Izzy.
0: Well, I mean, I think in terms of pedigree, his win over – uh, Yoel, as yeah. you know, as boring as the fight was for a lot of people, that has to mean something, right? Like he like the Yoel has just been a terror for so long. Yeah, he beat Anderson Silva. You know, granted Anderson that talent, yeah. but career. you
1: could also argue that both of those guys that are at the end of their career. You know, it's it's difficult to it's difficult not to at least bring that into the picture. He has to have. Well, I mean, I I guess you know he had he he had that amazing fight with um with Gasman. Which I just fit, finally watched a couple weeks ago, and oh, oh yeah, God, it was literally probably the greatest combat athletic, one of the greatest combat athletic fights I've ever seen, boxing included. It was amazing, what a great fight that was! And he torched, him, like torched Calvin Gasmon, who's one of the oh, top guys on the on the face of the well, planet. What about Whitaker as well? That, yeah, that now I guess I uh, maybe maybe I stand corrected. Um, he, it, it's just I don't I don't know. Maybe if there's there's something about Izzy that doesn't catch the emotional. Eye of a John Jones, or that uh, like the same way John Jones, or or uh, or Khabib, or Connor has, or even Henry Sehuda for that matter. I don't, I don't understand why. I don't realize. I don't get it. But there's something about. It. There's still people out there. That really say that Izzy is not that good, that Costa took the night off. Costa had a bad night. Costa wasn't really trying hard. Like I saw something on Facebook today that said the fix is in Dana White got inside of Costa's head to make him uh not fight Give as up. hard. Yeah. So they could push uh they could push Izzy. It's it's crazy to me. Izzy's just that good, man.
0: You know, I God, I, think we- he, I think what it is for a lot of people is that. And I say this as a fan in every regard of Israel Adesanya. He is not, he is the first, gen, he is one of the first generations, I believe, of a new type of fighter in that their personality, the way they market themselves, it's very different than what we've seen from a lot of people before. Yeah. You know, he's very much into like changing his look he's very much into dressing the way he likes which is a little bit out there sometimes he likes talking about like cartoons and anime yeah. and these like these things that don't really fit in the mold of an MMA fighter you know yeah. i think that, that that contributes that rubs a lot of people the wrong way and i think it's we're all trying to understand him we're trying yeah. to get a, a read on who he is you know, and even the way he conducts himself in trash talk is is right. sort of like more reserved and sort of like. I'll tell you an interesting
1: fight that I would want to see, just because of the, uh, the implications involved around it, would be maybe uh, Kobe Covington and Izzy. Izzy. Um, I don't think they'll make that happen because I think Covington has to beat Usman first. I think Usman Covington
0: would get starched by Izzy, and it, I say he, that he knowing would be. I respect his talent as but a well His wrestler. wrestling,
1: his wrestling could be an issue for for Izzy. You know, I remember Calvin guy. Gall- he's pl- he's a little bit bigger. I don't I don't know that he'd be able to. That he'd be, that would be an advantage for him and all, but, um, you know, Kelvin Gaston's, God, Kelvin Gaston's a fucking
0: badass wrestler. He couldn't take Izzy down. He couldn't hold him down. Yeah,
1: like, oh, you know, <laughs> we'll and Kelvin that.
0: doesn't really like like he's a a pretty natural, uh, natural fighter at that way. Like he's not like he's not depleted. He's coming at, in with a lot of his strength. Right. It's it's an interesting idea. It's very let's, interesting. I let's don't know let's like, talk who's about who's the best wrestler that Israel's fought? Is it is it Gaslin?
1: Well, Yoel, but Yoel isn't a wrestler anymore. Exactly. You know, Yoel, he doesn't he doesn't fight like a wrestler anymore. He fights like a stand-up guy that's 41 years old that doesn't have the energy to be able to wrestle anymore. Um gas gaslin probably, just because if he wants to wrestle, he can take anybody down. But even Gaslin right now, he's not wrestling first. You know, Covington is striking. But he's also okay with bringing that thing in the ground and, and, and driving through to finish takedowns off of the strikes. It's part of his game plan. Usman and Izzy would be another good fight, I think. If Usman continues to go on this run as the as the dominant force he is, you know why not have Usman and, and Izzy fight at uh at middleweight? You know Usman is arguably an oversized uh, welterweight. And Izzy, I think you could also say, you know, point directions that maybe he's a bit undersized for a middleweight. He just doesn't look big. He's a little bit taller, but he doesn't look that big stout, you know, body and frame like like you would consider like Costa, for example.
0: I think I I would love to see Izzy paired with that type of cerebral striker, like as close as we can get to a prime Anderson, yeah. you know, like, cause that I, a uh, prime Anderson Izzy is a fight that I could, I, I loved their fight, you know, right. like there was still some matrix stuff. Even, yeah. Even, even, did.
1: even when you're looking at it, the, the uh, depleted, uh, Anderson, Anderson still, but, yeah. you know, they would still, uh, it was still a hell of a fight. I watched a little bit of that the other day on Instagram and, and, and thought about some of the cool, like just the, the great striking, You know, magistry and magic that that both of those guys are putting out there.
0: I, yeah, that's the thing is when you're that dominant in your own division, you start to look outside. You know, and Jan's problem is that a lot of people haven't made their 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 notoriety at the point where it's like we we like the storyline of it. You know, because we love to think that we're all about just like the pure matchups. And for a lot of the time, it, it, that's true. But we're also interested in the personalities meeting, you know, and 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 learning more about people. Yeah, like that you was know, what made G- that was one of the things that made GSP Diaz so interesting. Right. It was because you're getting the polar opposites of humanity. I I like you. You. You're a good guy. Oh, fuck you, George.
1: Which is also why Kobe Covington to Izzy is, you know, in, in in I don't, I don't like the fact that, 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 that is a marketable fight, but Hey man, you know, Dana White is, is PT Barnum. He could market the hell out of that. I mean, <laughs> they, they might be rioting in
0: the street afterwards, but it'd be a hell of a, it'd be a hell of a lead up to a fight. <laughs> Even though he didn't, he didn't uh, fight on the card and he, he just came off of a, a, a big loss. what, what do you think is next for Woodley? You know, uh, just,
1: Woodley. Jesus. Yeah, because yeah. I like R- retirement. So- retirement. I hope. Yeah, To would be perfectly honest with you. I'm I'm sure he won't. He'll try to linger around to 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 make a stake, but I, I think his days of being a legitimate high like uh, headliner fighter are way far behind him. Um, you know, he starching everybody. I mean, he he had such a huge run for a while. And then just when he lost to Usman, it just all kind of went away. You know, like he just doesn't look like he wants to be there. He doesn't look like he wants to be in a cage. doesn't look like he cares about it anymore. And the sad reality of it is, is he might not even realize that that is the case. He doesn't in his brain, you know, the warrior versus the heart, you know, the warrior heart inside of him makes him think he can still go out there and do it but in reality his brain is like are you out of your fucking mind what are you doing this shit for this is ridiculous and he doesn't want to look weak he doesn't want to look like he's ready to give up the sad part is is you know it would make me sad to see tyrone woodley you know on a second tier you know co-main event on a fight night you know the same way you see frickin- like like bj, BJ Penn, yeah, yeah just <laughs> It's, it's not worth it i mean i guess he's still making money you know it's hard to say that we're well, still gonna make a 100 grand you know 100 grand is 100 grand but i don't think he's a viable fighter anymore i think he could turn that page if he puts his mind straight i don't think he's past his prime i think he can he could go out there and make it done but once a fighter kind of shuts it off like they're just not in it anymore And when you' when you're in it for a payday
0: and that's all you care about you're not really in it
1: to win it anymore you're
0: in just to go get paid and do your thing and go home do you think it's the same are you as concerned i don't know if you saw any of the prelims but uh the the main event of the prelims had uh diego sanchez Uh, yeah well uh, and he was he was looking he was looking like something (laughs) i
1: would say this though i don't i watched that fight and i don't think that diego sanchez was what like completely outclassed in the way that BJ Penn was. And the they, guy he fought was good. The guy he fought was really, really top tier.
0: You see, I think or that that, that speaks anyway. more to this guy having a bad night than Diego still having. I if That's, that a, that's been, probably me. That could have like. been. But, I mean, I watched
1: Diego Sanchez and his approach, his strategy, his ability to land punches. Like, you could say the kid was having a bad night, but... Diego was also making him have a bad night just being quicker to the punch and using his little quirky little moves and the way he always has he's a very unconventional fighter you know his boxing and his strikiness just, he throws punches from awkward angles that guys just don't really recognize as he coming and it still appeared to me he was making it work not to mention his submission game is on point a lot of people forget he was attacking he, some yeah. submissions yeah. He is he is really really a world class grappler. He went against uh, Marcelo Garcia in the ADCCs and gave Marcelo fits. So like his grappling is on point and on top of the world. So you keep all in line, dude. I still don't think that fight was. Now I don't think that fight was was completely one sided and un um, you know uncompetitive. That's my thought process from a strictly okay professional idea now the emotional part of me would like to say diego please like i'm begging you from everything i hold holy you do not need to take any more damage brother like you're good we love you we don't want to see the bad darkness that could be the result of too many more blows to the head that, that that could end up with you turning into mayhem miller or some of the other you know cautionary tales we've seen popping up
0: that it's it it's sad that it has to go to that dark place when yeah. this conversation comes up, but that's where it has to go. It does. It know? does. That's and, the reality of what we do, Kev.
1: And it it's it's I toy, trust me, I struggle with it all the time when I see young fighters come in the gym. Like I am training you, possibly to commit to something that could be your eventual undoing, but you're gonna do it anyway. I can look at you in the eye and tell you some things to maybe help you protect yourself better. But at the end of the day, you're going to go out there and jump into it. So I feel obligated to at least give you the best course of action to be able to be successful that teach you how to do it right. But man, fighters get hurt. That's all there is to it. That's the, yeah.
0: And I think that's a good, uh, wow. This is becoming a, a tagline of mine. That's a good place to do this. But, as someone that's had a lot of guys come through your gym, like you and Matt, uh, you've seen a lot of guys come in and say, "I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make it work." And maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe they have a few fights. When do you call it quits? Is it when you you start to notice that you're you're losing your 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 facilities and you don't have a lot in the bank account by now? Is it is it when you just clearly don't have the talent for it, or? Yeah, it's a difficult conversation to have.
1: I've had it with a few fighters in my in my in my time. It's the time when you sit someone down and you say, "Look, here's the reality of what we're talking about here. You've just lost 3 of your last 4 fights. You know, you're 7 and 4 or some shit like that." You know what I'm talking about? Like the reality of you making it to the UFC is going to be another three or four year journey. It's three or four years of hard struggle and you try to put five wins in a row, six wins in a row. Cause that's what it takes to get to the UFC anymore. You don't just get to be a seven and four ho-hummer and make it to the UFC anymore. You got to be special. That's the talent pool. So when you look at these guys and you say to them, look, here's the deal. Like, are you really, I don't believe that the next five years of your life will benefit you to continue to go on and make it to the ufc now you could make it there's a definite 100 possibility that you could turn it around and get it done i know you have the talent and you have the heart i know you have the desire but the reality of it is is you might not just be able to make it and that's fine because the the, the ability to make it to the ufc is so fucking infinitesimal anymore and it's not bad to say i gave it my all And just decided that I couldn't do anymore. Like, go to college, do something else. You don't want to be forty years old and and have nothing else to fall back on, man. It's
0: it it, even as someone that loves this sport so much that I can't, as a human being, I can't ignore the toll it can take, you know. And I think having those conversations and being open about them, you know, a lot of people got mad at like Joe Rogan for having a very public. Thing with Brendan Schaub saying like you got to quit, and you could argue that he was a dick for doing it uh, to a millions millions yeah, on, of fans yeah, on online live on air. Yeah, right. like dick move. But that that does not mean that that conversation was not necessary. No, it didn't come from a place
1: of concern because I'll tell you, man, fighters like. There's Like I said, there's the fighter's brain mindset and there's the fighter heart. And you just can't tell someone that dedicated so much time of their life to get a goal that is nearly entertainable that, hey, unfortunately, you tried. Now it's time to put that away and move on with your life. Like, what do you have? You've dedicated everything in your life to get to that point. And unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. You weren't special enough of an athlete. It doesn't mean you're soft. It doesn't mean you didn't try. It doesn't mean that like, You weren't there, and sometimes you just didn't get lucky. Sometimes you didn't—you had an opponent pull out at the last minute when you could have fought, and you took three months off, three years off because of that, or a year off because of that, because you couldn't get another opponent. Sometimes the cards just weren't in your favor. But reality is reality, man. You don't need to be fighting in a club for five hundred bucks a fight when you're thirty-five years old and expected to make it to the UFC. It's just not worth it for you anymore. It's not worth the toll you're putting on your body. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about Reyes before we get guy. We we have talked we still haven't talked about the Reyes fight. Or not yeah. the Reyes fight um in uh, particular. Izzy Costa fight. I want to talk about the Izzy. Oh costified. yeah,
0: okay. So Izzy I I mean uh, compare his performance now to his last performance against Romero. Just it, it it's almost like he got so sick of people giving him crap about it that he's yeah. like, "All right, fine. I'm going to show you guys that I can be an absolute terminator." And this guy's been talking shit and I'm just going to absolutely make him look like just a regular guy. Like, I think looking at them, you, the eye test, you, you look at uh, Israel, that's a tall dude, like looks strong, like athlete. You look at Costa, Greek God, like there is like an, like the the confidence he exudes from every pore is just next level and he's just upfront about it he's like very in your face with it whereas israel is like sort of just cool with letting it sit in his gut a little bit and like letting people do their thing costa like the the pr campaign he waged including his whole tie of black he's he was wearing his black belt he threw a a white belt at izzy like
1: it's just yeah you know costa Costa fought the fight he fought, and he, he, he didn't really fight the fight he should have fought. You know, and you can say that he did it out of fear. You can say he did it out of strategy. But either way, he allowed Izzy to get the upper hand, and he paid for it in the end. You know, it's it's a classic example of if, if, if my best me needs to be better than your best you. You've got two undefeated fighters that need to go out there and put it on the line and find out who the best is. Um, Izzy fought the fight that makes him the best of what he is. Costa didn't do that. If you watch any of Costa fights before, he is a murderer. He comes forward. He fights hard. He throws punches. He throws combinations. He's doing what he can do to be overpowering and win the confrontation. Um, and I think when he tried to pursue the fight a little bit more, he would have had more dividends, but he kind of took his foot off the gas. Now, the reason why he didn't fight that fight is because in the back of his mind, he's thinking about Robert Whitaker getting knocked out. As he's coming forward, because that's what Izzy does, Izzy gets you to overcommit. Then he counters and falls back and throws you with the hits you with this powerful counter punches just the same way well, he's knocked out Costa with the same exact punch he knocked out um, uh, Whitaker with. You know, so it took it was a little bit different strategic approach for both fighters. It caused Izzy to really show his greatness because he had to deal with a fighter that wasn't going to overcommit to him. So he actually had to go out and be the aggressor. He started it just by touching him with them leg kicks. Just being able to touch him with them leg kicks was enough to be like, okay, cool. I'm touching him. I'm doing a little bit of damage. I'm starting to break him down a little
0: bit. I so know he's his, there his lead connection. leg. His lead leg, uh, I think it was uh, Adam yesterday. He was like, it looked like he had gotten those suction cup yeah. things on it. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, that's just shots placed yeah. very specifically right. by a guy who could kick a tree down if you give right. him an hour.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, watching Izzy fight this fight, I think it was a really good indication of really how good he was because it took him a second to figure out how to break down Costa mentally to get inside and start really being able to touch him with the power shots. It took him about a round and a half to get there. And then right right in the middle of the second round, you could really see Costa starting to break and the the punches starting to land. And then Costa eventually saying, well, I just can't sit here and get my ass kicked because I'm getting rocked. i got to come forward. And when he came forward, Izzy does what Izzy does. And he knocked him out with that lean back kind of creepy yes. matrix hook he throws.
0: You know, I I was actually expecting, you know, I know this is not the first black belt that Izzy has fought, you know, Robert, you know, very accomplished, uh, jujitsu black belt Costas a black belt. He, he was, that was part of his like trash talk before the fight. I was expecting a little bit more jujitsu, maybe, maybe more takedown defense, like attempts, even though Izzy's very good with takedown defense. But trying to bring the the fight to the ground a little bit, maybe go up against the cage for a trip, you know, instead of making it. You don't want to. No one, no one wants to to try and outstrike Israel Adesanya. I no. think you you just aren't gonna. He, I don't know how many more fights he needs to end like this in order to prove that. I I really
1: think, and I don't know where this comes from. Um. You know, in particular in this fight, and we have, we've talked about this already before in the Cormier fight, you know, the act of winning a takedown is extremely uh, – It's taxing. Taxing on the body. And now you have a five-round fight. If you blow yourself out trying to finish a takedown in the first round, now you got to go through four fights. You might have won that round, but you got to get four more rounds now against the killer. That's part of the problem. Um, but I, I don't know what it is, and I don't really understand why but i really feel like that fighters nowadays even wrestlers want to be strikers because either it's more exciting or maybe it's just easier to win a fight by knocking somebody out you know i don't understand why it is that way i don't understand what has happened if you look at guys very rarely with the exception of like khabib and maybe bryce mitchell a couple other guys out there that are truly truly ground and pound dudes you don't see the element of takedowns being incorporated as much anymore. Guys are super content with standing and striking and picking people apart. It seems to me that like MMA is almost becoming kickboxing, a striking is <laughs> almost becoming kickboxing, and every once in a while, hey, we can clinch somebody, take him to the ground. I just don't see guys really utilizing that aspect of MMA as much anymore, and it, it kind of perplexes me because, well, just I like you said, you've got a one- guy.
0: One eagle-shaped exception, Right, obviously. of course. <laughs> uh, no, the, exactly.
1: And if you think about Pound for Pound, who is one of the greatest fighters in the UFC, everybody talks about John Jones right now, but... I- I think John Jones is number two, number three at this point. To tell you the truth, to be perfectly honest with you, after as you look at what happened to Reyes after he got knocked out, John Jones even talked shit about Reyes. I was like, well, that fucker almost kicked your ass, so you probably shouldn't be talking shit about Reyes anymore. Uh,
0: yeah, A- <laughs> A- A- MMA math is sketchy. Yeah, because fighters can be different. You know, they can right. come into different yeah. fights with different energies. But like, Styles I want to see Jan Jones. Like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, hell,
1: yeah. everybody wants to see that. But we'll see what happens with Johnny. He he. Who knows what's going on with that cracker whack a doodle? I I don't think he's the fighter he used to be. I, but I'll say it here and I'll keep saying it. I think you look at his last two fights, he almost lost. I don't think he's the same guy anymore. And I think that Jan hits so hard. It's a different fight against John Jones because John isn't gonna let him walk him down the same way Reyes does because I think freaking- John's
0: John remembers he's a purple belt in that
1: instance and goes for the takedown. Yeah, you know, like, oh yeah, that's the other idea. John jo- John Jones is a purple belt, but, but I mean his ground and pound is you know coral belt level. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> like, can you can call how you see it. But back to Izzy Costa, you know, people that want to talk shit about Izzy are just dumb. I don't I don't know how you could look at that fight and say that Costa threw it. Costa wasn't himself. Costa wasn't himself because Izzy made him not fight the fight he wanted to fight, and not just because of strikes involved but because of being izzy you know costa didn't want to come forward because he didn't want to get knocked out so therefore he wasn't fighting the fight he's supposed to fight and izzy picked him apart found the range and knocked him out i think
0: i'm I'm interested to see where costa rebuilds after this like how he rebuilds you know like because i i think that that's that guy is a champion level competitor you know, look at his Romero fight. That's like a Hall of Fame fight yep. for me. Like I thought, like it is the closest I've seen to Rock'em Sock'em Robots since I started really like looking at MMA. It was just like those two were just so busted up, and you didn't know who won. I think that that's like one of those the closest fights I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I, I would, I would consider maybe sending Costa up to to light heavyweight. I'm trying to look and see how tall he is. He's not taller than Izzy. Yeah. yeah, he's not that tall, which should be his only deterrent. Um,
0: also, but, Cormier. Cormier famously yeah, short. But, for
1: yeah, but I don't think Haas is Cormier. <laughs> I don't
0: think Balor oh. is
1: Daniel Cormier. Yeah, I, I, I'll be, I, I'll be, I'll say it here first. <laughs> um, yeah, he's six foot tall. You know, freaking. Uh, Jan is like six five, I think it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's John tall. Jones, Reyes light is tall heavyweight, too, yeah. Light heavyweights are big, big guys. So that's kind of a problem for for Costa. But you know, man, he's still going to be able to fight. Well, Young John's
0: actually only six two, so that's yeah. not.
1: Oh, I thought he was a little taller than that. But that's fine.
0: Yeah, I think Reyes is a little taller. Reyes was a monster.
1: Reyes is the one that's he's, he's six
0: four. He's six four. Yeah, but. You know
1: who knows what happens with Izzy? Izzy could go up to light heavyweight. Izzy could go down to fight uh to fight um at at uh welterweight against Izzy could uh, be Izzy could be <laughs> Izzy can do whatever he wants to do, and Costa is still gonna get paid because Costa is an exciting fighter, with the exception of his fight last night that you know Izzy made him look bad, but Izzy makes everybody look bad.
0: Yeah, well, I think overall, incredible night of fights. You know, yeah, I think sure. that it was started slow, it picked up by the by the third and and yes. absolutely went away with it uh, yes. after that, you know. Yeah, it was it was one,
1: it was a good card. Lots of good cards. The first fight got a little bit boring, then they progressively got better as the night
0: went on. Lots of fun to watch. I just I one of the guys in the first fight sees this and they're just like, "Hey man, we will send location." <laughs> you know what? I'm an, I'm a
1: journalist, baby. I'm not a fighter. You should uh you should take my heeds as a cautionary tale and get your shit together because you're not getting another main event fight fighting like that. <laughs> that's just facts
0: oh man all right well I think I'm about ready to call it like just a little short just
1: a little shorter in 30 minutes right
0: <laughs> it's never we say that it's but it's never, it's never hey look Hey, minutes. when you when you got a lot to talk about you th- you, you let it run away with it but we I yeah no this is good little nuggets in this one you know yeah. so uh I I would love to thank all the. Loyal fans that we've gathered and uh, accrued over the course of this podcast. Thank you so much for your continued patronage. Uh, you make us feel really important every time we see more and more of you watching <laughs> us talk about stuff. But in the meantime, we've got a lot of uh, really cool guests lined up for for this week. We got Chewy coming on. Oh, Chewy! Yeah, Chewy's coming Tuesday. So. Yeah, and we got uh, a few others that we're we're working on down the pipe. Maybe but, uh maybe a, an editor uh, meeting with uh, with Avery, Avery yeah. Clements, editor in chief. That is that is the goat interview. No matter how many times we do it. But uh, until next time, I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. Stay safe, stay healthy. Remember to love your loved one, love your loved ones, and uh, you know, be safe out there. It's scary. Good night.